0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate that any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup alone. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustlecom join. Check out that description box to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com dot com slash join welcome irish fans to another edition of the opponent's insider podcast i'm your host vince daddario and i am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com So here we are, it is college football playoff semifinal week, Notre Dame is 10 and one and looking for their first college football playoff victory in program history. And we have a ton to talk about when it comes to this game and you can find it all over on irishbreakdown.com as well as our podcast wherever you get your podcast so make sure you subscribe and you can rate and review and also make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel so you can get notified whenever we have a new episode drop but today we are going to talk about the opponent for notre dame in the semifinal game the number one ranked alabama crimson tide it is a four o'clock kickoff in dallas for the rose bowl weird yes but it's 2020 so why not so a Rose Bowl date with Alabama in Dallas four o'clock on ABC. Make sure you log into irishbreakdown.com prior to during and after the game for all of the updates and analysis. And before we get started into our deep dive into Alabama, we must hear from one of our sponsors and that first sponsor is Indeed.
0: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical
1: and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. And that's according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only
0: pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts.
1: And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do.
0: According to Comscore, 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed
1: for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, welcome back Irish fans. With me today to talk about the Crimson Tide of Alabama is Tyler Martin. He is the a staff writer for Bama Central. Tyler, how you doing today, sir?
2: What's up, Vince? Glad to be back on here and, you know, glad to be bringing in the new year uh, in the Rose Bowl, talking about a classic matchup between Alabama and Notre Dame.
1: No doubt. No doubt. It doesn't get much more blue blood than uh, Alabama and Notre Dame, regardless of the last time these two teams met. Uh, it's still a blue blood matchup, and hopefully it's going to be a good matchup. But we'll we'll all find that out together on January 1st. Um, the, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I kind of I, I set up all my guests this way. Um, I want to get an idea about the state of the program with Alabama. Obviously, the Crimson Tide is no stranger to the college football playoff. Um, you know, what's the word uh, out of Alabama camp uh, so far this week leading into this game?
2: Yeah, so I I guess really the the biggest storyline you want to look at and what fans can kind of point to as, you know, they don't really know what the impact's going to be, and that's losing Landon Dickerson, right? Uh, Right. Alabama center was a Remington uh, Trophy finalist, you know, for the the top center in the country. And he goes down late in that Florida game. Uh, Some people want to call it dirty play or whatever. He he went down, he had some ligament damage in his knee. He had successful surgery. And it looks like they're going to move Chris Owens, a redshirt senior who's kind of in that sixth offensive lineman. They're going to move him into the center spot, and it's you know it's really tough for him to kind of come in there and pick off or land and left off because with center, you know, you've got to make sure that your guys on the line know where they're going. You've got to do a good yeah, job absolutely. of anchoring that. So that might be the biggest maybe storyline coming out of this week and how he's going to fit into this offensive line because Notre Dame too, right? Notre Dame's Joe Moore, Joe Moore Award finalist. So is Alabama, and then Texas A&M. And I just think that's the maybe the biggest storyline that people uh, need to be paying attention to this week. And then it's you know it's the same old same old right. Mac Jones, Devonte Smith, Najee Harris, this three-headed monster. What can they do on Friday? How can they pick off where, pick up where they left off against Florida? Right. Najee had five touchdowns. Mac threw for the most ever yards in an SEC title game, and Devonte Smith caught the most passes in an SEC title game. Yeah. So it's just about you know stacking up these performances, and you know hopefully you know potentially you know one of them getting the Heisman Trophy. And uh, but I think it all starts up front with the offensive line this week, and then too the defense. How does the defense rebound off of, you know, they had a good stretch of seven games where they were, you know, only allowing in the seven games, they only allowed 77 points after the Ole Miss debacle. And then they give up 46 in one game to Florida. So really, it's about how, how how can the defense rebound and Notre Dame's a team, you know, that's going to be able to test them, right? They can test them on the ground. They can test them vertically as well, because they've got some big tight ends as well. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward this week on coming up on Friday.
1: Well, you, you nailed it. Uh, let, let's start with one of the points that you brought up with Dickerson being out, uh, the center position being so important to the offensive line. You don't have to tell Irish fans about that. They're still trying to figure out the center position since Jarrett Patterson went out for the year uh, and, and just how important it is with the line calls and and just being kind of the captain by default of that offensive line. It's kind of like the quarterback. You're automatically the captain of the offense. The center is pretty much automatically the captain of that offensive line so so losing dickerson is a big deal uh but this is this offensive line is no slouch i mean you, you said it they're a joe moore award finalist uh, along with notre dame and texas a&m uh but they they can push you around they're big they are a very large offensive line they can they uh, mac jones hardly ever gets touched frankly mm-hmm. uh in the past game and they can maul you in the run game so just give us an idea about uh, what you've seen from this offensive line all season
2: yeah, they, they've been the most impressive unit uh, all, all all season, in my opinion, given, you know, maybe the, the SEC front sevens they've gone up against. And then, too, you're right, you, you've got the bookend tackles. You've got Alex Leatherwood over there at left tackle. He's six foot six, you know, 300 plus pounds. Then Evan Neal, who's a sophomore, who is uh who's another guy who's 6'6, you know, he's a little heavier, uh, around 315, 320-ish. And, you know, he's been, he's been unbelievable. He moved from guard over to right tackle after Jedrick Wills left this past year. And then the inside, the interior, you've got a guy, Emil Ekior, who a lot of people thought might have been the weakest link. He's actually turned out to be, you know, really strong in performances over the course of 2020. And then another senior, uh, Deontay Brown. And, and so already coming into this year, we we knew this was going to be a strong group led by three seniors, Leatherwood, Deontay Brown, and then Landon Dickerson. But they've they've exceeded expectations, right? I think Mac Jones has only been sacked 21 times, and uh, and they've gave him they've given him all day to throw the football, yeah. um, allowing you know Devontae Smith to get open as well for some of the catches he's made. Uh, but it really starts up front with those guys, and even in the Arkansas game, Evan Neal was out because of COVID 19 protocols, and and they put Chris Owen. So I mentioned earlier he's going to fill in center on Friday. They put him in at right tackle. Uh, he played really well in that game, and so he's got experience as a redshirt senior. Um, but you just kind of miss the continuity, right? Because Uh, Nick Saban talks about it a lot. The, the war that he likes the most. And he he said, this is the Joe Moore award because it's more of a team and a unit getting the job done rather than just an individual player. And when one of those guys are gone, you're going to kind of take some, you know, it's going to take some, you know, shake some rust off and figure out the continuity because I wouldn't be surprised on Friday album, comes out. Maybe we see three and out on their first two drives Um, just because, you know, trying to shake off, you know, 12 days being off. And they were off earlier this year, you know, because they missed a, they had the LSU game postponed. Uh so they missed two weeks. They had two bye weeks. But but we'll see. I, I think I think Alabama, uh, you know, their bread and butter is is the offensive line. And uh and you know, potentially, you know, that's why Najee Harris this year too became Alabama's all-time rusher uh behind those guys. And he even said it after the SEC title game. He's like, those guys should be on there instead of my name.
1: Well, and and you know, watching uh film of, of Alabama, I mean watching that offensive line, there's times where Harris gets the ball, and he's a very patient runner, and we'll talk about him in just a second. There's times where he's four yards down the field. He's still behind the offensive line. Hasn't been touched. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's it makes your job a little bit easier uh, when you're a running back and you've got that kind of room to run. Um, but so, so let's go there. Najee Harris. Um, he probably was off some national radar uh, maybe the last year or two, but now he has, I mean, he's one of the three headed monster. Like you said, I mean, this is the first time in Who knows how long you may have that date on off the top of your head that three guys uh, from the same team are in the top five of the Heisman Trophy balloting. Uh, I think it was in the 60s, if I want to say right, but I'm not 100% on that. But either way, three-headed monster for Alabama is unbelievable. And let's start with the running back, Najee Harris, and what he brings to the table.
2: Yeah, I think like the offensive line, you know, if you look at it without Najee this year, right – I don't know if Alabama has the success they have. I don't know if they get back to the college football playoff after missing last year without Najee. You know, he's only carried the ball 214 times this year, and he's got almost 1,300 yards. And then he's averaging almost six yards a carry. It's just really unbelievable what he has done. And then in the passing game, too, right, three of his five touchdowns against Florida were through the air. He's got over 300 receiving yards. Uh, He actually owns Alabama's record for all-time career touchdowns at, at 45 now. And then, too, You know, he's caught, you know, he has five receiving touchdowns on the year. He's got over 23 rushing touchdowns. And to kind of put in perspective what he's having, you look at the last two Heismaners from Alabama, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, you know who's having a better season than maybe not in terms of the rushing yards, but just terms of all around backs. It's Najee Harris. He's having a better year than Derrick Henry had in 2015. He's better having a better year than Mark Ingram had in 2009. And, uh, And it's just kind of, you know, interesting to see how, that even having a better year than those two guys is only going to get him fifth in the Heisman race right. he's a leader on this team, too. He was named to the SEC uh, community service team. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, right when the, they didn't even know if they were going to play this year, he helped start the uh, the players movement, you know, hashtag we want to play. He was a big vocal leader on that front. And he's just been a guy who is just, hey, he's going to bring his lunch pail. He's going to put his head down. He's going to go to work. And you see that on the field and what I've been so impressed with him is just his cuts, right? I mean, he, his 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 first step is quick. He's really agile, and this year he's just his he's seen his game soar, and even his draft draft stock soar to another level. Because if you think about it, if he would have left after. Uh, his junior year last year in the second half of the season without two in there, he was unbelievable. Right. Uh, he probably wouldn't have even gone, maybe even in the second round. Cause I think Swift was a mid. who was the second back taken uh, was, it was a mid second round pick, but Najee Harris has played himself into the first round and that's exactly what he wanted to do when he decided to come back.
1: It, it's pretty cool when, when players bet on themselves and it pays mm-hmm. off and uh, Alabama is the recipient of that bet. There is no doubt about that. Um, Mac Jones, did you guys see this coming from Mac Jones I mean he he's not he, he's not a top five pick in the NFL or anything like that but as my my partner Brian Driscoll will say he's the perfect trigger man for this offense uh did, after you know filling the shoes of, of Tua and, and hurts and and any, any of the guys in the last you know three or four guys for Alabama uh did you see this coming from Mac Jones so it's
2: interesting because when they canceled spring practice, right, because of COVID nineteen, you had Bryce Young, the five star, the number one player in the country, SIL American, coming in there, and you just didn't know how Mac Jones was going to handle it. Sure, we saw on his four starts last year, right, uh, against Michigan. Uh, let's see, it was Arkansas, Mich- Michigan, Arkansas, Western Carolina, and Auburn, right? Arkansas at the time, they were they were a dead team. They were they were awful. Western Carolina. Uh, their FCS level team, right? So the only really two stars you could judge him off of was Michigan and Auburn. And in the Auburn game, he was unbelievable, right? Threw for 400 yards. But the issue was the two pick sixes that ultimately cost Alabama the game. And then in the bowl game in the citrus bowl against Michigan, he comes out, he delivers, he's very efficient. And that was before COVID, right? So nobody knew knew what was going to happen. They had Bryce Young going in there. and Everybody, you could hear the murmurs from the fan base, right? Oh, Bryce Young might step in here and do this, you know, because Mac's going to have a lot of pressure, already filling two issues. Now you've got another five-star prodigy coming up. And then once you lose spring practice, right, you got to go with, with, who, with who has the most experience going sure. into ball camp, and that's Mac Jones. And for me personally, uh, this was a guy, I was on radio shows here in the state of Alabama, and I, I was hyping this guy up uh, because – Mac Jones, he, he he might not be the most athletic guy. He might not have the biggest arm. But one thing I know about Mac Jones is that he's a competitor and he's a leader. He's just a natural born leader. He wants to win at all costs. And he, he, he proved that, right? His first... Uh, two, two of the first five or three of the first five games, excuse me, he throws for 400 yards and he becomes now Alabama's all time, uh, leader in 400 yard passing games. Uh, who would have thought that'd be Matt Jones, right? Right, right. He's efficient, And he doesn't turn the football over. That's the biggest thing, right? Like Ian, I was looking at Ian book stats this year, right? Notre Dame has gotten better in my opinion, because Ian book doesn't turn the football over. Matt Jones doesn't really turn the football over, you know, 27 touchdowns to four picks, uh, he, he, he just, he doesn't make mistakes. He's very cerebral above the neck and he's very patient now at times. And I think losing that iron bowl last year taught him so much. And he was able to bounce back from that and have a strong season. And because the majority of the fan base didn't see this coming. Uh, people outside right. the program didn't see this coming because you look at Mac Jones, uh, you know, he's six foot three. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't look athletic, doesn't have a really, you know, really rock solid build. Um, you're just kind of like, who is this guy? And he also you know, has the most 80-yard uh, pass plays, too, in Alabama history. He's got like four or five of those. And his connection with Waddle before he got hurt and then Devontae Smith uh, has been incredible just down the field. And he leads the nation in the stats that really matter to be a quarterback, right? Passer rating, completion percentage, yards per attempt. And uh, he's just been the most efficient quarterback in America, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, efficient is a really, really good word. And in in the college system, being efficient can get you a heck of a long way. And and But he makes those – Those mouth-dropping plays, too, and, you know, he's got some weapons to throw to, and you you mentioned Jalen Waddell. Obviously, he got hurt uh, after, I think, the fifth game of this, or in the fifth game of the season, Uh, but, you know, Devontae Smith, who arguably the best player in college football, uh, depending on who you talk to, but uh, he does a great job of getting the ball spread around to who he needs to get it to so that those guys can make plays and obviously Notre Dame's going to get a, a front row seat to what Devontae Smith can do. Uh, talk about, you know, what he brings to the table because he is one of the most proficient route runners I've ever seen at this level. I mean, he just, even when he's covered, he gets open. It's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. In the play that I think kind of characterizes Devontae Smith when it was at LSU and it was on his third and long, I think they're about the 15 yard line and Mac Jones just kind of threw it up there to Devontae Smith. And where I was sitting in the press box, I was like, oh, that ball's going out of bounds. There's no way Smitty gets to that. And he just reaches up, palms at one hand, over Derek Stingley, who's arguably the best cornerback in America. And then that right there was kind of like, wow, this is Devontae Smith's Heisman. When we kind of realized what kind of, you know, every – what kind of player he was. And we realized, man, even with Waddle's been out, the defenses have looked at uh, had the Alabama offense, and they said, all right, we need to shut down Devontae Smith. And they might double and they might triple coverage. him. But guess what? Devontae Smith is still getting open. He's still dominating. Uh, You know, he's got what, three 200 yard games. He's got 400 yard games. Yeah, he's got 17 receiving touchdowns. I think one or two rushing touchdowns as well. He's just I mean, he has been uh, another guy who Nick Saban has talked about as uh, who has done. Nobody has done more for their programs than Devontae Smith has done for Alabama. Because he just he just puts his head down and just works. He doesn't care about the accolades. He doesn't care about the Heisman talk. He even told us he's like it's frustrating to talk about this because I'm just worried about the next game. I'm worried about the next challenge, and uh, it, it's, it's just impressive. And he's a guy who he led Alabama in receiving in 2019. And people forget Jerry Judy was on that team. Henry Rose right. was on that team, two first round picks and Waddle as a sophomore. And everybody wants to remember Smitty for the guy who caught second in 26, which is a great place to be. But he's potentially about to bookend his career with the Heisman Trophy. And uh, that that's a pretty awesome way to go out if you're Devontae Smith. I just think when you think about the Alabama receivers who've gone through, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy Ruggs, I just mentioned Devontae Smith is number one. And that's because of the production. That's because he holds all the records now. And it's just because, you know, he doesn't really drop a lot of passes either, right? Uh, he's got really reliable hands. His catch radius is out of this world. To even be kind of undersized a little bit, he's got really good speed, maybe not as fast as Waddle, uh, but he's the most clutch. And uh, he's the guy who can, uh, he's the most reliable receiver now in album history.
1: Yeah, he's unbelievable. And uh, Jalen Waddle was obviously one of the go to guys before he went down. I would argue that the offense is probably more balanced uh, now that Jalen Waddle isn't around, which is crazy to say because he's such an amazing talent. Uh, is that kind of what you've seen as well? Uh, they just had to kind of refocus what they were doing offensively.
2: Yeah, I think if you go look at Najee's number, right when when when, when Waddle was in the game, uh, I believe the A and M game, which was the same game of the year, you know, Naji has like 50 rushing yards. Yeah, he had a couple of touchdowns, but but I mean 50 rushing yards. And then in Georgia, uh excuse me, Ole Miss. Najee had a really good game. And then in Georgia, he also had a good game. Old Miss was the third game I was speaking about. Um, and then and then Waddle gets hurt on the opening kickoff against Tennessee. I think I think their offense would have looked something similar to this, even with Waddle in there. Okay. Obviously, Devontae Smith's numbers would go. Well, I'll say this Devontae Smith's numbers could be similar. I think John Mechie. And maybe where Jaleel Billingsley album is tied in and maybe Slade Bolden, their production may have gone down uh, if Waddle would have been in there. But I think Devontae Smith would have put up comparable numbers with Waddle still in there. Um, but you got, you look at this, man, they played Georgia. That was the, that was the biggest game of the college football season up to that point one versus four. Right. And, 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 and the game turned on its head when Jalen Waddle caught a 99 yard touchdown pass. And that's just the kind of, you know, electricity he brings. And when he got hurt, there was a lot of pundits out there saying, oh, Albin was done, Alabama's done. Well, that obviously, it wasn't the case. And I think there was also, too, you know, rumors that I had heard and other people had heard about, oh, there's a chance for him to come back in the playoff, you know. He got his cast off a little early. He just got his boot off. Deontay Smith posted a video of him in the locker room talking about he's back. And then Nick Saban shut that down uh, <laughs> uh, yesterday. So I, I wouldn't expect not uh, I wouldn't expect Jalen Waddle back uh, against Notre Dame or even against Clemson or Ohio State if, if Alabama gets to pass Notre Dame. But um, Jalen Waddle certainly has made his millions in Alabama, and he's going to do that in the NFL.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I, that was, you stole my next question because I was going to see what the talk was. Uh, around the Alabama camp about a while coming back, but it doesn't sound good. So uh, at least Notre Dame has that going for them, which I don't know if that's enough, but at least they've got that going for them. Uh, before we jump into the defense, I want to uh, take a quick break here and we're going to hear from one of our presenting sponsors, and that is Bet Online. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. at betonline.ag that's blue wire all one word bet online your online sports book experts okay welcome back irish fans and uh we are here today with tyler martin he is a staff writer at bama central and we are talking all things alabama uh Let's talk about this Alabama defense. And first, I want to get an overview from you. Um, You've been covering the team for a little while. Uh, You know what this Alabama defense was, let's say, even eight years ago, 10 years ago, uh, seven years ago. Um, The strength of the team was the defense. And now, uh, you know, Nick Saban, smartly, uh, as a very, very good coach, said, look, we need an offense that can put points on the board. Uh, I don't want to say the defense has taken a back seat, but the offense is kind of Taking that lead role as the strength of this of this team uh so the defensive numbers aren't what they used to be but this is still a pretty darn good defense uh what are your thoughts on the defense as a whole
2: yeah I think it all starts with Patrick Sertain Patrick Sertain the second on, on the edge I think he's been the best corner all across football. He's locked down. You know, he, and, and think about him. You know, he had so much hype. I mean, he, he, he got to Alabama, right? His father played in the NFL for a long time, and he's right. lived up to that. And he's going to be a first-round pick. It really starts with him. Uh, I think, you know, he's he's a very, you know, quiet guy in terms of leadership on the field. very vocal. He, he talks with his play. And he's been unbelievable for Alabama. And then, too, it's also two freshmen it's Malachi Moore who has been, before the Florida game when Kadarius Tony beat him on a double move, that was the first touchdown he had given up all season. Uh, before that, you know, he was going to probably win SEC freshman of the year. He's been that good, and he wasn't even going to start a week before the Missouri game. Uh, people I had talked to in, in fall camp, it was Brian Branch who kind of had that star spot um, in, their, in their dime package and everything, and and Malachi just kind of came in and his IQ is so high as a freshman. And because they didn't have COVID, he was able to, or because they had COVID and they were able to, you know, focus more on Zoom, focus more on the Intel and everything was slowed down. Malachi understood it. And he's got, I mean, you can just see it on the field for a freshman, he is so smart. And he leads the team in interceptions as well. And then another freshman, edge rusher Will Anderson, who is going to be an absolute unit when it's all said and done. He leads the SEC in sacks as a freshman and Vince, His first sack came against Auburn in the game in game number eight. And he huh. leads the SEC in sacks at 12. He he's a monster coming off the edge. And I just kind of felt earlier in the year he he was a millisecond off. He was a couple seconds off from really busting that play in the backfield. You saw it against Missouri, you saw it against AM, you saw it against Ole Miss. And it kind of starts with two freshmen and then Patrick Tain. And then we're talking about Dylan Moses. Now, Dylan Moses, he's, he's got the accolades this season. You know, he was uh, second-team All-American by the AP. He was uh, first-team All-SEC. And, you know, he kind of had a sluggish start. You know, he's coming off of an ACL tear, and he was his album leader on defense. I was expecting more of a season from him where it's, it's more like Jeremiah Asu from Notre Dame where he's going to have 100-some-odd tackles and he's going to be a Buckus Award, potentially a Buckus Award winner. That didn't happen. Uh, and it felt like he was he was trying to do too much on the field uh, because he had missed all of last year. And you know he's a guy who's still been a leader. He's a captain. Uh, he's he's a really good player. There's no doubt about that. He might have struggled a little bit this season. And then you've got younger players, sophomore Jordan Battle, uh, who's a safety on the back end. And then you've got Christian Harris, another linebacker who's been playing exceptionally well for Alabama this season. So. I think I think it really starts with those guys I named and they've had their moments. Right. I mean, they've and they realize I mean, Pete Golding said it yesterday. The Ole Miss game was a come to Jesus moment. The Florida game was, was rough. Um, but this defense, uh, when when they're not playing first round picks, uh, I guess you could say with Ole Miss with Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa, and then Florida with Trask, Pitts and Tony, uh, they're they're going to be able to shut you down.
1: It, the front seven has always been kind of the calling card for for Alabama. How do you see the front seven playing against, uh, you know, this Notre Dame team who does have a pretty darn good offensive line and a pretty good run game? Uh, how do you see them matching up with Notre Dame?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's best on best, and I, mm. we love these kind of games. And I mentioned Will Anderson and his sack totals. As a team, Alabama, I believe, has 33 sacks on the year, and 22 of those have come in the last four games. So they've kind of turned it up a notch. And the guy in the middle who I think uh, you mentioned uh, Notre Dame center. They're going to have some questions there. A guy in the middle who whoever that is in that position going up against is Christian Barmore. Christian Barmore is a guy who's got a lot of sacks this year. He's developed into some first round hype. And, yep. you know, he plays really well. He kind of brings the intensity. He brings the energy for that defensive line. Uh, he's a guy I would watch. And, you know, if he's if he's disrupting and he's in the backfield, it will be a long day for Notre Dame. Uh, But you kind of look off the edge too. Chris Allen is a guy who leads the SEC in tackles for loss with 12. Um, You got him. LeBron Ray has been out pretty much. I mean, he's only played three or three or four games this season. He's been dealing with an elbow sprain. He was another guy who who had a lot of NFL hype coming into the year. Uh, Christian Barmore, uh, Christopher Allen. Uh, You've got DJ Dale up in the middle too, clogging up the running lanes. Um, so and Tim Smith too, another freshman defensive tackle who's been really, really solid in the moments he's played. Uh, but this Alabama defense is just kind of young in some areas. And on the defensive line, they're still young. Christian Barmore's a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, though. Um, but I I think in terms of a matchup with Notre Dame's offensive line, it's gonna be the I'll say the best offensive line they have faced because they, they faced Texas AM week week two. And I went back and looked at the numbers, they didn't get any sacks. They really didn't get mauled under any pressure at all. And so I think when they're facing a caliber of like Notre Dame, because I think Alabama and Notre Dame is the two best offensive lines in the country because they're the two most experienced,
1: right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um Absolutely.
2: that they're, you know, they've got to figure out different ways to dial up blitzes to get to Ian Book. Because if you let Ian Book, you know, have all day, he's going to find those big tight ends in the middle of the field where I think Alabama is most vulnerable. Or even, you know, if they're not careful, they get out to the outside. I mean, Ian Book can beat you with his feet as well. So um, the defensive line and kind of coming up with some creative ways to get to him is what I'm going to be looking for.
1: No, absolutely. I I want to ask you one more question about Sertain and just the manner in which they use him. Is he the kind of guy or should I say the scheme is it the kind of scheme where they're going to attach him to the other team's number 1 receiver and just follow him wherever or is he going to be, you know, playing the field or playing the boundary or or just whoever happens to line up in front of them that's who he's going to take.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really not so much of hey, I'm going to lock down your number 1 guy. It's more so uh the boundary and it's more so uh, you know, whoever is just lined up in front of him, right, uh, because they have a lot of trust in Josh Job as well, the opposite corner. They, I mean, he, he's had his struggles in the past, but they have a lot of trust in him, and so whoever lines up against Ertain, um, you know, they, they, what they're gonna have to realize is he's very physical with his hands, right? I think pro football focus rated him the, the best press corner in the country, um, so he's gonna be up in their face, he right with the line of scrimmage, hitting him with his hands, uh, but he's a guy that, um, you know his whole thing is hey you're just going to cover this side of the field and you're going to lock it down he calls it an iceberg not really an island but uh <laughs> that's kind of that's how kind of he goes about his business and uh, he's like I said he's played himself into you know top 10 draft consideration right and uh he's been uh, he's been real unbelievable but they do but they do have a lot of trust in Josh Job. and I'll be curious to see uh what happens with those two corners in the game and then two on the back end because I feel like even though Sertain is there on the corner, they're most vulnerable in the middle of the field, in the back end of the safety position with guys like Daniel Wright and Jordan
1: Battle. Well, let's see if Notre Dame can take advantage of that because I, I agree with you. I think that's the the, you know, the weak spot, right? We're we're splitting hairs yeah. when we find weak spots uh, when we're talking about a team like Alabama, but uh, that should be a lot of fun to watch. I, I wanted to ask you about special teams real fast because for, for Irish fans who have not watched a single Alabama game, uh, especially when Jalen Waddell was in, that's the biggest spot where uh, where, where Jalen Waddle affected the game. I mean, he is one heck of a return guy in kickoffs and punt returns. Uh, without him back there, what's the answer for Alabama? So it's kind
2: of been like a revolving door, essentially, since Waddle went down. It was Slade Bolden, who's kind of like their, their wildcat guy, uh, if you want to say, uh, maybe the Julian Edelman type on the team. And then, you know, he had an ankle sprain against Kentucky, And, you know, we really haven't seen too much of him. Uh, He's had a couple passes here and there, or catches here and there. And then they put Devontae Smith back there. And then we saw against Arkansas, him getting that uh, punt return for a touchdown that really changed the game and really opened the door for Alabama to blow out Arkansas. And and then now, what I thought was so interesting, we just have a story up this morning. This this is Tuesday morning on BamaCentral.com, of Jaleel Billingsley, a tight end who has been fielding kickoffs. He fielded three against Florida, and he had a long of the 27 yards and so Alabama's got some dynamic playmakers they can put put back there. Um, maybe the only one who could match Waddle's electricity is Devontae Smith. Um, but they're going to try to figure out ways to use other guys because you know Nick Saban wants to. He's got he's got he's got such a loaded roster, right? And he wants to make sure he fits those guys into the right spots. And when I mentioned Jaleel Billingsley, he's been kind of a nice wrinkle to this offense. Um, as, a, as a big tight end, he's kind of this Darren Waller type. Um, I would say that's who he's kind of similar to. Um, but he's, you know, he's come along of late and uh, he's he's made some big third down catches against Florida. But in the special teams department, look out for Jaleel and then look out, obviously, for Devontae Smith.
1: <laughs> you can always look out for Devontae Smith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just find out where he's at and that's where you need to focus. Uh, so uh, I want to get some keys, some keys to victory, uh, to having a good game for Alabama against Notre Dame on January 1st.
2: Yeah, so, so I think it starts with – uh, I'm actually going to start with the defense side of the ball. Um if they can get to the Ian Book, if they can just put him on his back three or four times, I think Alabama is going to have a lot of success on that side of the ball because I, I went back and watched some of Notre Dame Clemson round 2 and I was I mean I was so impressed with how Notre Dame played in that first game uh when they beat them in South Bend and then it comes back here in Charlotte and you know they kind of let the Clemson front seven kind of have a field day, right? Eight yep. sacks and if Alabama can can you just take a page out of that playbook and just forcing book, you know, to make some dangerous throws on first and second down and put them in third and long. Uh, I, I like where Alabama stands in this game, um, but where Alabama's kind of been most vulnerable is on third downs, right? This year, and they've kind of given up some big plays. I mean, you go look at the Florida game; there was a third and seventeen that they. I mean, it was there was a, there was a stupid holding call that gave Florida first down, right? And so there's been moments like that this season where it's just kind of been head scratching. Uh, for, for Alabama and Notre Dame you know you look at the numbers they're arguably one of the best teams on third down in terms of success rate so if Notre Dame can get in third and manageable uh, that's not good for Alabama they want them in third and long obviously they want negative plays on first sure. and second down and they want to they want to get to Ian Book on offense you just got to keep on keeping on right you just got to keep riding the pack riding of your offensive line even with Dickerson out I think Chris Owens is formidable. I think he's going to have a solid game. And I think, you know, you ride behind Najee and Devontae Smith, right? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has been so creative. He's been so uh, – he's really showed off his offensive mastermind this season. Uh, I mean, you go look at this. It was fourth and one. You go back and look at this in the Florida game. Fourth and one, he runs a tight end sneak. He runs a tight end sneak. And it's just – he's been so dynamic and he's been so – elusive in his play calling. This is why Alabama is potentially going to give him a raise and and going to keep him for for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, being offense, I mean, nobody's been able to really stop them this year. They've been perfect. Uh, So for them, it's just keep on keeping on. And Mac Jones not turning the football over uh, because this Notre Dame defense, they play really good team defense. They tackle really well. And if somehow Mac doesn't throw in a pick, uh, which he hasn't done, you know, since the Florida game, which that pick might not have been his fault, uh, you know he can't get his head down. He's got to keep moving on uh, because this is the biggest stage he's been on uh, yet in his in his time at Alabama. And I, I just think for them, it's it's hey, Devontae Smith, get him the ball wherever he's on the field. Uh, he's probably going to beat the guy matched up to him. I mean, and that's that's nobody can really cover him this season. Uh, but you know, it's just hey, riding the offensive line and uh, and picking up those
1: chunk plays. Yeah, that's good stuff, Tyler. I, I appreciate it, man. I want to thank you for joining me. On the Opponents Insider Podcast today, would you please let everyone know uh, your Twitter handle and where they can follow your work?
2: Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Steven Tyler underscore 15, like the Aerosmith singer, Stephen (laughs) V, And then Bama Central, Central BamaCentral.com, where the Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide Athletics football, basketball, baseball, um, gymnastics, any any of sport you want to talk about. Nice. We're on there covering it. And Vince, I really appreciate you having me on here, man. And uh, look forward to this
1: game in Dallas. Oh, no question. It should be a lot of fun. Again, that's Tyler Martin, who's the staff writer for Bama Central. This could be the final Opponents Insider podcast for the season, but either way, it is the final episode of 2020. So we will see how things play out uh, again on New Year's Day. Either way, I want to wish everyone a happy new year and I want to thank you for joining me on the in, on the Opponents Insider Podcast all season. We are truly thankful for all of our listeners and readers. For Tyler Martin, I am Vince D'Addario and we look forward to talking to you next time.